The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride. I am Nick Schwert with Nate Christensen and Marie Elston. We're on a little bit of a different schedule this week with it being Thanksgiving and with the Chiefs having played on Monday Night Football, guys, a Super Bowl rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I just saw the notification on my phone that this is the that was the most watched Monday Night Football game 25 years. So I think we're all uh, very blessed to know that um, it was a historic crowd watching the Chiefs squander away a lead. It felt like this was all Chiefs early. The Eagles couldn't do anything. The Chiefs were running all over them. Their offense couldn't get anything going. And then once again, guys, what is becoming the theme of the season for the Chiefs, they decided to take the second half off offensively. The worst second half offense in the NFL. I cannot wrap my mind around that, guys. I cannot wrap my mind or the idea that an offense coached by Andy Reid and quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes is the worst second-half offense in the NFL. But there are a variety of ways we could address this game in terms of what your biggest takeaway was, whether it be the wide receivers, the offense as a whole, what it means for the Chiefs with where they're at in the season, getting ready for an absolute gauntlet of a closing stretch here to end the regular season. So I'll kind of let you guys take this wherever you want. Nate, why don't you start us off? What is your big takeaway from Monday night's loss to the Eagles? Don't panic. I know that it was really bad at the end of the game last night. I know the second half was miserable. Believe me, I sat there and I was miserable as well. But here's what I'm going to tell people. The Chiefs had two red zone turnovers and because of the direct results of their two best players on offense, Kelsey and Mahomes. That's just not going to happen every single week. They should have put up more points. In the first half, I thought the formula for the Chiefs was exactly what they need to lean into the rest of the season. Running the football, running downhill, running play action off of it, short, you know, quick passing game, stuff like that. I understand the second half that wasn't as successful. They stopped running the ball as well. Obviously, then they were forced into more dropback situations and it didn't work as well. But... I don't really think I learned anything new about the Chiefs. I just think that they got some bad breaks. And, like, I just don't think uh, Travis Kelsey is going to fumble in the end zone the next time we play the Eagles or, the you know, a Super Bowl contender. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a silly pick in the red zone where he just kind of floats it for no reason. 
I, I understand this offense has very real issues. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about the wide receivers. I'm sure we'll talk about the running game. But I don't think that this performance should be. And it was against a team that's what eight and one, nine and one. They're very good. Like they lost a very close game to a team that absolutely can win the Super Bowl that the Chiefs barely beat last year in the Super Bowl. I don't think that this should be a game for cause for panic. Yes, there are very real concerns, but I actually left it feeling a lot better. I'm already over it. Like I'm not worried. I think they're going to be perfectly fine. And if we play again, I'm going to be, I think the Chiefs will beat the Eagles. Like I feel good about that. Okay. I think I needed to hear that, Nate, uh, because I, I came into this show ready to panic. I woke up <laughs> this thing in a panicked state. I went to bed on Monday night in a panicked state because of what I saw in the second half of that game from the Chiefs offense. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Maurice, because if you're also not panicking, uh, you guys might be able to talk me off the ledge here over the course of this episode. I'm 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 in the middle. Like I'm not in a panic state. Like I'm not panicking at all here, but I will say my biggest takeaway is with this Chiefs team, definitely the Chiefs offense right now, the stars have to be the stars. And you got too many role players and, and too many other guys on the team on this offense that are going to have their mistakes. They're going, the, these receivers are going to have their drops. As the, I think that's what, what we at. The, the penalties that are tackled, the Chiefs tackles are going to have the penalties. Like, I don't see Juwan Taylor cleaning up his false start things and not getting any of those. Um, Donovan Smith is going to have some holding calls. Like, I think these things are part of it. But despite those things, the Chiefs have been in every loss this season with the, the, the ability to win. And – but – when you got your role players and your other guys on your team that you know you have to make up for some of the things that they do, you can't have the turnovers coming from your stars. And that's my biggest takeaway is that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey almost have to play mistake-free football if the Chiefs want to make another run at, at another championship. Um, when you look at I think it's a stat, like over the last five games, there's been 12 turnovers. Um 10 of those have involved Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes in some regard. And that just can't be the case when, when the rest of the rest of the offense is the rest of the offense. Like it just, it like they're going to drop pass. They're going to do all of that. Travis, we can't afford for Travis to drop a pass. We can't afford for Travis to fumble the football. We can't like in the red zone. If neither one of those happen, I say the chiefs don't even score a touchdown and they kick two field goals right there. That's six points. That is enough to win that football game yesterday. And you don't even have to worry about the big drop pass at the end of the game because you're not in that situation. You're probably just trying to run the clock out and keep Philly from getting the ball back. So I'm, I'm not in a panic mode because if I have to say the stars have to be the stars, my 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 go-to is going to be that we have two stars that can be the stars, right? The, Chief, the If you got to say all the Chiefs got to do to get back – is for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I'll bet my money on that any day of the week that those two guys will clean up what they need to clean up and, and moving forward. Um, three three, three losses, and I, I feel like the Chiefs beat themselves in each loss. So if, that, if that's the case, no team has just come out and beat them. Like the Chiefs, have get, they gave away the Lions game. Five turnovers gave away the Denver game. They had the Philly – if it wasn't for turnovers and, and some drop passes, the Philly game is in the bag, and the Chiefs can easily be sitting here at 10-0 and 0 if it wasn't for their own miscues. 
you know those those graphics that you see on social media sometimes where it's like you have 15 dollars to build the perfect lineup right and they got a five dollar player at each position mm. two four you know and you got the superstars at the five dollar you got the 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 into the roster guys at the one dollar i feel like the chiefs right. have built this offense with like a five dollar quarterback a five dollar and and then just one dollar across the board everywhere else and that's maybe not necessarily fair and we're really just talking about the wide receiver room here right which is what mm-hmm. we've been talking about all season but maurice you said margin for error i, I feel like the margin for error for this team is razor thin right now right. because you're they were in that game and they've been in every game this year. The difference is that in years past, there was that ridiculous record of like Mahomes having never lost uh, one sc- more than a one-score game, and I don't know what the number's at now. The difference is that in years past, when they get the ball with two minutes to go down a score, you almost knew they were going to score. Like it wasn't even a question. It was how much time will be on the clock when they score. Will they get the touchdown or will they just settle for a field goal? But there was never a question of whether or not they were going to get back in the game. That confidence is dissipated this year because of the lack of margin for error. To say it's not just Mahomes who's going to move the ball down the field and score. It's that they have to be perfect. And the guys that you're asking to be perfect in that wide receiver room have shown you that like perfection is not really on the table. And that to me is what's changed this year. That's what feels a little bit different. I do think Nate, your point, they will figure this out. I do have trust in Reed and Mahomes and Kelsey get right. And wherever they're at now, they'll be better by the end of the season. I think that my question is like, where's the ceiling for this team? Because I'm starting to wonder, even though they will get better, is their ceiling going to be enough for them to go on a run in the playoffs and ultimately win a Super Bowl? Because that's all we care about in Kansas City at this point. I, I, th- I still think the ceiling's like a Super Bowl. I mean, especially in the NFL this year, there's I just don't really think the top-end teams are that, like, scary to me. And, like, with the way the defense is playing, it does, like, significantly help them out. I think what I, I've kind of under – I've almost kind of reached a stage of acceptance with the offense. This offense isn't going to be elite, and I think that's okay. Because the defense is elite. What the Chiefs offense needs to be is top 12, maybe like borderline top 10. And I don't think that's like a ridiculous thing to ask for when you have Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, the offensive line, the run game looked really good in the first half. It's almost kind of like our perception or our expectations of like what they have been historically is almost kind of altering our opinion on this. But like as long as the, like as long as the Chiefs aren't like shooting themselves in the foot or bad on offense. Like, they're going to be a team that can absolutely win the Super Bowl. They just have to find a way to limit the mistakes and be an average to above average offense. And then, yeah, I think they can win the Super Bowl. But I will say, to be a little bit pessimistic, I do think the floor is a lot lower for this team because of the fact that the offense just has real struggles against even just, like, average-ish defenses. Once they face playoff defenses, I think they have just some issues on this team that they can't overcome, particularly in the wide receiver room, but other issues on the offense, too. So... What I would say is I still think the ceiling's a Super Bowl. I still think they can win that. But the floor is certainly lower than it was for, like, maybe even, like, last year's team, for example. Yeah, I think it's tough to it, – sometimes it's tough to make that switch in your head, like, of transitioning your expectations for the team, even when the transition's happening on the field. You're right. This is an elite defense. 
I think they showed that last night against the Eagles. The Eagles defense has taken a step back like we talked about last week, but this is still one of the NFL's top offenses, and they couldn't do anything against this Chiefs defense in the first half of that game. Kind of felt like maybe with everybody watching last night, that may have been the moment where everyone around the NFL says, oh, okay, so this this Chiefs defense is for real, right? This is legit. uh, Trent McDuffie probably introduced himself to the NFL world to people he hadn't before to say, okay, this is one of the best young corners in the game. And it may take all season before we can, you know, puff our chests out with this defense and say, not worried about it. There is no regression happening. But when we've seen great quarterbacks and great dynasties before, look at Tom Brady, like not those Super Bowl teams weren't all created equal. Some of them had elite offenses, but a lot of them had elite defenses. And maybe we are kind of at least in a vacuum for this season we are starting to recognize that shifting of eras where we have to change our expectations of what this team's going to need to do to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think just really shifting that expectations of, you know, what what's going to win games for the Chiefs is, is, is you have to at this point. I, I agree with Nate. Like, I feel like the ceiling is still the Super Bowl. Like, they still, by all means, can get the Super Bowl. I mean – we played basically the best team from a record standpoint last night, and the Chiefs had every opportunity to win that game and allowed it to slip through their fingers. And even at the end, when the ball got back to Patrick Mahomes, you thought in your mind, like, they're about to score. They're going to figure this out and should have, <laughs> right? Like, it, it, it should have been there. But I, I do think that it, 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 that shift is happening. The floor part is, you know – if they play this way, it could be a first round exit in the playoffs, right? And we haven't yep. seen it in the Patrick Mahomes era that this team could go win the Super Bowl and nobody would be surprised. And that's like I'll say, speak for me. This team go win Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised if this team got put slipped down to a wild card game and lost in the wild card round. I wouldn't be surprised either. That's just that's just where it's at. The floor is lower for them. The ceiling is high. Um, lean into the run game a little bit more. And it's shocking to say that you got to lean on your defense when you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But I think that's where we're at. So just for full transparency, we are recording this on a Tuesday, the day after the Chiefs-Eagles game. Normally we record later in the week. So as we get ready for this Week 12 matchup against the Raiders, injury report probably a little bit early. We saw McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony sustained injuries last night, but I believe both of them came back into the It's probably too early to really speculate on anyone's availability or not being available for this game against the Raiders. So, guys, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. The Las Vegas Raiders, a plucky upstart bunch here under Antonio Pierce. They didn't win against Miami last week, but th- that defense kept the Dolphins in check, and this defense is playing pretty good since Antonio Pierce took over as the head coach. So Maurice, let's stick with you. The Las Vegas Raiders. What is the key for the Chiefs in this matchup? Um I th- I think the key for the Chiefs in this matchup and and I'm going to lean into, you know, the the what, what needs to happen at the wide receiver position. Um I really just feel like they just need to pick a unit and stick with it. I feel like the major problem that the Chiefs are facing right now is trying to rotate so many guys in and out. And I think it's hard to get into a rhythm. Um, Even when you got the best quarterback in the league, 
it's hard to build that continuity that you want between receiver and quarterback when you got a bunch of people just getting 20 or 30 snaps versus that those two or three. And you don't see this with any other team. Any other team you really look at, they they got their top two or three guys, and them guys is always on the field. I think it's time for the Chiefs to get to that. Um, and who those guys are, outside of Rasheed Rice, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure right 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 now who who's that guy that you want to lean on outside of Rasheed Rice in that wide receiver. But I I would love for you know Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, and maybe a Richie James gets back in the mix. Somebody that's proven. If I feel like if he had a good season with the Giants, he can have a good season with with Patrick Mahomes. So I, I would think that maybe he can. But you got to find those guys. And I think just getting some continuity there. But it's going to just be a key to a victory. I know the Raiders um, defense, they've been playing inspired football since Pierce took over as the head coach. But I think that they'll make a that the receivers will make a bounce back game. And um, and I know we've been saying that all season. Sometimes at some point you're like, this is what it is. But I think if they can just and I was hoping to see that, like, I think they went that route, the Denver game where, you know, you just seen some people's stats fall off. Um, I know Matt Nagy's comments today kind of still make it seem like it's going to be that wide receiver by committee. But I really think a key to victory is getting away from the wide receiver by committee and finding your three three guys and really riding them out um, and, and going with it and letting people get into some rhythm. Let's talk about a couple of those guys, though, um, because there's – we can all kind of pick a dude and say, this guy should play more. This guy should play less. I think you said it there. Like the only, the only person in that wide receiver room that Chiefs fans universally trust, oddly enough, is the rookie, Rasheed Rice, which I wouldn't have guessed from uh, before this season. Sky Moore, I think, had a catch night. He his snaps have stayed relatively consistent. Kadarius Tony looked like he had some juice in the return game. Ultimately, I think a lot of this is about trust. Who does Andy Reid trust? Who does Patrick Mahomes trust? And if the answer is not really anybody, how do you go about kind of make cut off in there somewhere and just like these are our three guys, these are our four guys? When in the eyes of Reid and Mahomes and the people who are making these decisions, there really isn't any line of separation between that bunch. Yeah, I think you trust Hardman, like. Um... He know he knows the offense in and out. Um, I think he can just be that gadget guy that runs your jet sweeps, um, stretches the field. I honestly feel like if he runs that same route that that um, MVS ran yesterday, that you probably have a touchdown um, and with, with, with McCall Hardman in that same position. So I think Hardman and, and Rasheed Rice, but like you said, Nick, it, it's, it's really hard because nobody really has separated themselves but I don't think anyone has really been given a, a true legit chance to separate themselves. Cause when you make a good catch, you see it, they going right to the sideline for somebody else to come in and, and, and take them out the game because the next package doesn't include them. And I think it just, we, I don't think the chiefs and, and the coaching staff is giving the receivers enough chance to really separate themselves. Sorry, Nate, go ahead. Did you have something on this as well? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think we actually have seen the Chiefs already start to do this. Like, Skymore snaps for two straight weeks after that Denver game have fallen kind of, like, dramatically. And he's barely a part of the offense anymore. I think we're going to see the same thing with MVS. I really don't want to kill MVS too much. Like, I, I, it was a bad drop. It was a brutal drop. It happens. But 
we clearly see like the trust between he and Mahomes is also dissipating. So like I remember talking about earlier in the season that you kind of had that hierarchy. You kind of had to kind of take you know pieces off the chessboard a little bit. Kind of feels like the Chiefs are almost there now because I think that the MVS kind of role is going to start diminishing more. And Sky Moore's role is already diminished. So that kind of leaves you limited in options at this point. That leaves you with like Watson, Hardman, Tony, uh, Richie James when he comes back, and Rishi Rice. So I think we're already almost getting there at this point with kind of this lesser hierarchy. Maybe it needs to happen even more, but I think we're finally starting to kind of reach that point. All right, Nate, let's just stick with you because, spoiler alert, I'm going to come back to this wide receiver room as well for my key to the game. Uh, I don't know what yours is yet, so if we're going three for three, I don't think there's any problem there. But what do you got for this one, Nate? Well, I'm going to talk about wide receiver. I'm going to talk about one on the Raiders. We're going to talk about Devontae Adams. Um, We know how good Devontae Adams is, right? I think everybody remembers, I believe that was week four last year, either week four or week five when he came into Arrowhead, and he just went crazy. He had, like, I believe he had, like, 170 yards and two touchdowns. And honestly, I remember at that point being like, oh, wow, like, the Raiders have a chance to be really good. But that was before we all kind of figured out their problems. But, you know, the Chiefs, like, Lajarius Sneed, I I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know Field Yates tweeted it earlier about, like, the guy number one wide receivers the Chiefs have faced. They've stopped all of them. A.J. Brown had eight yards last night. They did a great job against Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Amon Ross St. Brown. Devonta Adams is just another challenge for that. And the Raiders, they don't have a lot of other good offensive personnel, so they force-feed Devonta Adams the ball a lot. And for the Chiefs, it's just going to be a challenge. You know, can you stop him? I, I feel confident about it. Well, Jerry Steen and Trent McDuffie are excellent corners, but I think that's where it kind of starts and ends with the Raiders' offense because if you stop Devonta Adams, they don't really have a lot of other answers to kind of move the ball in any capacity. Yeah, the, what, one thing that's been funny about the Raiders, uh, this 2 and one stretch under Antonio Pierce, is that the offense continues to be one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, frankly, like, I don't know exactly what it, what went into the decision to move to Aiden O'Connell, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe Jimmy Garoppolo for a team that's playing good football. And they've got some things going. They've got some momentum. Going, they've got some confidence going. <laughs> Would it kill you to go back to Jimmy G knowing that he probably is the better bet at quarterback? But I think you're right, Nate. Like, if you want to just talk about this defense as a whole, like there's no reason why they shouldn't continue to look like one of the most dominant groups in the NFL against the Raiders offense, because as much has been made about them kind of turning their season around or getting some mojo, the offense continues to be across the board in almost every major statistical category one of the worst units in the league. All right. Well, we're going back to the Chiefs offense. We didn't get off of it for very long, but my key for this game, and I'm looking at specifically what plagued the Chiefs versus the Eagles, which is the second half offense, the worst in the NFL. We've talked a lot about confidence. We've talked a lot about trust. When you get to these division games, and we always say the cliches of, you know, throw the records out the window, weird things can happen, et cetera, et cetera. Like the whole idea that a win's a win, I don't really think applies in this game because this team is getting ready for a really bull stretch of games to end the season. And this wide receiver group desperately needs to get some confidence going. And I do think that for this unit, coming off that game where MVS has got to be frustrated after that one, Justin Watson has to be really frustrated after that one. I would love to see those guys 
get involved to the point where they they're they're able to put that game behind them and it's not something that's casting this dark cloud over Arrowhead for the next two months. Uh, when I look, you look at the the second half. If if the Chiefs would have won that game, like Isaiah Pacheco could have very easily been the story from last night's game and the way this team was running the ball in the first half. And I wonder. I think we said this before the Vikings game. I wonder if you can't get this guy more involved. Even if Andy Reid says, you know what? I'm Andy Reid. I've been doing this for 20 years past football. Everybody's told me to run the ball more. Every single stop I've had every single season. That's not who I am. That's not how I build offenses. That's fine. Watching Isaiah Pacheco run in the first half. I, I don't know the decisions that go into, you know, the third down back. And maybe we don't like him as much on pass protection. Maybe we just don't like him as much as a runner. Seeing what Isaiah Pacheco can do in the open field, like, do you think maybe we could get him a just just a little more involved in the passing? I'm not asking you to turn him into Austin Eckler, okay, but, or Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, but can we get this guy maybe a, a few more looks in the passing game? Because if we're just trying to determine the pecking order, we may not be able to to distinguish a hierarchy in the wide receiver room, but I can do it with offensive playmakers. And aside from Travis Kelsey and maybe Rasheed Rice, and maybe you'd even put Pacheco, but like who else is up there above Isaiah Pacheco? And I think if you're getting to the point where you just understand, hey, this is just, this receiver room's not it. There isn't a guy that's going to break out in the second half of the season and become a trustworthy candidate as a pass catcher. Why not get a guy you do trust and you do believe in a little bit more involved? I'd be interested to see... Isaiah Pacheco become a more featured player in this offense, just knowing, like we would all agree, right? He is one of your three best playmakers that you have on the roster. Yeah, I would definitely say it's, it's I was looking at the stats yesterday. Just, I mean, running backs in the passing game, period, hasn't really um, been where I think that, that it should be. Um, I, I think they, you know, from from McKinnon to to Pacheco, but I think you you got it. You got to get the ball in his hands. Um, the averaging that he, that that he's doing running the ball, um, I think the interior of the Chiefs' offensive line is still the strength of the offensive line, and and allowing them to run behind the Tooney Creed and Trey Smith. I just Isaiah Pacheco needs to touch the ball more in this style of offense, and and where we're at, that is, in my opinion, a major solution to what the Chiefs are going to have to lean into to find continued success. Get your defense going the way that it's going, and lean into that run and and and, and go with it that way. So I I agree, Nick. Yeah, I you know what I kind of was thinking about. I think they almost have to kind of play like the end of the Patriots run with Brady. I think they kind of have to play like those teams because at the end of the run there, like Belichick like famously did a terrible job surrounding Brady with wide receivers, but they were still able to compete for Super Bowls because. To their credit, they did just lean into the run game more and playing great defense. Why can't the Chiefs be their own version of that? Like, I, I don't think there's any reason why they aren't. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL, just like all those Patriots teams. They have an offensive line that's proven they can run the football. Just lean into it. Be the Patriots. There's no reason why you have to drop back a bunch in every game. And, yeah, about Pacheco, Pacheco's been awesome this year. I really think he's been a tremendous player this year for the most part. And, yeah, let's get him going with the ball on screens more, like, 
I think we all saw that third down play last night with Jared McKinnon. That looked rough. He did not look very explosive there. We all kind of know the issues with Clyde over at this point. Yeah, lean into Pacheco a little bit more. Get him going on some screens. Maybe get him some matches with some linebackers. Let's just try it out. Like, there's no reason why not to at this point. I think it's one of those situations, too, where if you're Andy Reid, it's like, do I do I stick with what the game plan was for the season? Do I end it now and then I get crushed for it for not being resilient and not sticking with what the plan was versus – do like do I feel like I'm panicking? Do I feel like I'm panicking by now saying no? We're switching up our identity. We're gonna you know feature this offense around the run game. We're gonna feature it around one of the best player. But I do think too the idea that you talk about Jarek McKinnon not looking like he has juice. Jarek McKinnon is 31 years old. That is ancient. That's ancient for a running back, and especially a running back who missed virtually three seasons due to injuries. Like the fact that he's been able to have the season he did last year and still like. Uh, key contributor, if that may be a little bit strong for a really good team, like that's a, that's a success in and of itself for a player at that position. Isaiah Pacheco is 24 years old, guys. Like, you want fresh legs, you want juice, you want a guy who can maybe bring a level of explosiveness that you don't get anywhere else on this offense. Like, he's your guy, you don't have very far showing it to you almost on a weekly basis. Okay, so the Raiders this week, they're going to play again, I think, in four weeks. So we'll get to see this team twice over the next month or so. Let's get to game predictions. Nate, why don't you start us off? How do you see this one going? Yeah, I am a subscriber to new coach theory. I think that's what the Raiders have been kind of living off of the last two, three weeks since Josh McDaniels got fired. I still don't think this team's very good. I know they just competed with Miami last week, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But at some point, that formula kind of starts to run out for me. So for me, I think that the Chiefs come back and they just bounce back well. I think they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be motivated. I don't think the Raiders are a good team. I don't see any chance they can even keep up with an average Chiefs offense at this point. And I think the Chiefs are going to have a balance back performance offensively. We're going to get a better Travis Kelsey game. We've had kind of a quiet month for him since that last Chargers game. So I'm going to predict the Chiefs blow the Raiders out. I'm going to go 27-6. to I think that is going to be a kind of a cruising game, a good kind of end to your Thanksgiving weekend. I'm confident. I don't think that, like, we've seen the Chiefs when they have some bad spots that next week, they always look very good. I'm not worried about the, any, you know, I'm not worried about the Raiders being able to keep up with us or necessarily stop us. So I'm picking Chief Blah in this game. I feel really good about their chances. I like where we're at. The vibes are, the vibes we're about here, guys. The vibes, they're, they're starting to trend upward. <laughs> Maurice, keep it going. What do you got for this one? Um, I, I, I'm kind of with Nate on here. I'm not going to probably go with a bigger blowout as Nate with, but I do feel like the Raiders are not good. You know, sometimes you get the new coach, you win a couple of games in a row, the team is fired up. Um, They come out and they play really hard. But then at some point, reality sets back in. And I think the reality is um, outside of Devontae Adams and, and Josh Jacobs, the Raiders really don't have anything else that you have to even worry about. Um. And I, th- I think that the Chiefs' defense is going to rattle the Raiders' quarterback all game long uh, and, and, and put him in bad position. So Chiefs' offense, I think, will do enough. I think they'll get back in the, in the, in the 20 rounds. So I'm going to say 24-13. I think the Raiders kick up a couple field goals, probably get one touchdown late, and I'll, I'll go with 24-13 Chiefs. So in the, the Chiefs' first two losses of the season, they lost opening night to the Lions the next week. 
They beat the Jaguars 17 to nine. They lose to the Broncos. They go to Germany, beat the Dolphins 21 to 14. So when you think about bounce backs, typically you would think it's a bounce back offensively. I'm more thinking a bounce back defensively, even though there's nothing really for them to bounce back from. I think it is a dominant game from the Chiefs defense. This Raiders offense is still really bad. This Chiefs offense is top two, top three in the NFL, depending on how you feel about the Ravens or uh, Browns. I think this is a blowout, but it's not the typical Chiefs blowout. I'm going to go 20 to six. I don't think the Raiders get a touchdown in this one. I still need to see it from the Chiefs offense before I'm going to predict like a big explosive game from them. But I think 20 to six, that would be in line with what we're talking about, guys, with shift of the Chiefs identity being defensive and winning that game and continuing to confirm your status as one of the league's elite defenses would be at the very least a step in the right direction. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in with us early this week. Again, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review. Have a happy Thanksgiving for Nate Christensen and Maurice Elston. I'm Nick Schwartz. We'll talk to you guys next week.